here we are on the floor again, so I could be wired in instead of dealing with my crappy Wi-Fi. <laughs> I love that I get better treatment than you give to gaming. I'm pretty honored about that. Well, my hookups in a like a weird spot in my apartment. I would have to move a whole table into an awkward spot to game on my computer, link like wired in. I think it's worthwhile. Who are you trying to impress? I mean, ugh, it would be really awkward because I want to hook it. I want to have it close to my like PlayStation and TV and all that stuff too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I probably could manage it. I just, or I could buy a really long Ethernet cord and just run it. I think that's also legit. Yeah, but those are mildly expensive, aren't they? Oh, I don't think so. I don't know. It's usually expensive to like get it run through the wall and stuff. Well, yeah. Like to have professionals do that stuff, but I don't think the court itself is that expensive. Maybe it's just I remember at Charlestown, I bought like a I had to buy like a two hundred foot one. I don't even maybe it wasn't even Ethernet though. I had to buy some long cord to hook my computer up to the smart board. I guess it was yeah. So it wasn't it was maybe it was like an HDMI or something like that, and that's why it was expensive. Monoprice, you can get a ten foot Ethernet patch cable for two sixty five, two dollars and sixty five cents. I would probably need like, to, without to like not change anything about how my how my apartment set up, I'd probably need like a thirty foot. You can get a fifty foot for nine dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, thirty maybe, foot for six twenty five. Maybe I should. I'm gonna say treat yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think I will treat myself. You can even choose the color. You have a blue one. Holy cow. This episode is sponsored by Monoprice. <laughs> Cheap cables for the discerning customer. And colorful. If you want to sponsor this crazy podcast, let me know. All 12 of you out there that are aching to give us some money. <laughs> hey, that's up from last time. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure it's actually 12 people, though. Oh, sad face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just need to make a post on my Instagram. I'll just have all my former band kids listen to Swipe it. up. Swipe up. Subscribe <laughs> here. <laughs> they would just make fun of me. I put like almost no time into the website for our show. It's pretty sad. There's not really anything that we could do well to share to have somebody do like find the show. Yeah. Other than like open up your podcasting app, search for kibitzing, which is a word you probably don't know how to spell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. The whole point isn't to get a giant audience anyway. Well, that's why I do everything in life. You want a giant audience for everything you do? Uh, actually, I mostly just like talking into a microphone. <laughs> Versus I would do almost any job as long as I get a microphone. That's... I'd be a janitor if I was a janitor with a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get you in like an airport. You can be like a air control, whatever they call that. The air traffic controller? Yeah, air traffic control. That's what I'm looking for. That is like consistently up there as the most stressful job in the world. <laughs> That'd be perfect for you. <laughs> you just love high stress jobs. Absolutely. It's my favorite thing. I definitely don't just like do it really well for three weeks and then implode. <laughs> That's definitely not a thing I do. <laughs> oh, lordy.
what other kind of fun cables can I get from Monoprice? I actually, Monoprice is one of my like favorite things to kind of go and peek around at because there are so many things where it's like, ooh, for three dollars, that actually solves a little problem of mine. <laughs> like, I don't know if you did you if you noticed that when we moved all of our coffee stuff onto, we have like a little roll around cart that's got our coffee mugs and all the coffee bags and everything, and yes. we used to have. We have all like the coffee pot and the French press and the kettle on there, but we used to always move it onto the kitchen counter to plug things in. Yeah. Did you ever notice that we stopped having to move it to the kitchen counter? Uh, I did because you actually pointed it out. You were very proud of like your there little do, your do-it-yourself project there. I, I got to pull out the power drill. got to mount a surge protector to the cart. <laughs> oh, Yeah. I think that was within like the first five minutes last time I was at your, your place. You were like, look what I did. <laughs> and that was very much a like, I'm just checking Monoprice to see if there's any gold. I was like, oh, I could get a surge protector and an extension cord for $10. <laughs> like, solves my coffee problem. Alex, how sweet was the Dune trailer? Oh, I love it so much. Oh my gosh. I'm so hyped. Now, I think it's cool. So... Are you this Twitter movies thing where they where they like had this first look with Stephen Colbert and everything? I think that's maybe a new thing. Have you heard of any other movies doing this? No, and I I got your messages about it like after it was over, but I, I just watched the trailer itself. I didn't watch any of that. I just think this is kind of a cool idea for Twitter that they like because they also got into like streaming NFL games and stuff like that where you wouldn't necessarily think that's a good connection but then if they really are trying to have like the topic of conversation and you see the topic on Twitter and then you talk about it on Twitter this idea of movie trailers actually fits that pretty well I think I think they did a good job of that um sorry that just an aside of that's how the dude thing launched but yeah the dude trailer itself is like I I haven't been this excited for a movie in years. Oh, really? Yeah, like only nice. just because the trailer was so good and like we had talked about it and it's like so I mean 6 months ago I knew this movie was in production, but I like like I don't know when it comes out I'll probably go see it. And now I saw that and I'm like, "Oh, this is what I'm going to look forward to like all winter." Yeah. I cannot wait until December now. <laughs> yeah, like I hadn't had any movies on my radar at all. And like, yes, this gives me one to look forward to. Especially the idea of like going to a theater right now. Yeah, um, no thanks. You know, that's really hard to wrap my head around, but, like, I've, I've heard people doing it, and then there's only, like, five people there, so it's fine. Yeah. Like, New Mutants is coming out soon, and I was thinking I might want to go to that, but I'm not sure I want to see it so bad I'll go do the whole theater thing, but this yeah. is definitely going to happen. Yeah. If there are movie theaters in December, I'm going to go see Dune. Oh, did it? I didn't even remember. Did it have a release date? Um. Oh, I'm not sure it even said in the trailer, but on IMDb it says December something. Nice. Um. So, yeah, I guess it might still get moved. Maybe they didn't sure. play the trailer because they're like, well, it yep. might become a summer thing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> In this world. Yeah, the last movie I got really, really excited about, I guess, was Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess the only one that I was super hyped before that was like the reboot of Star Wars Force Awakens. I was pretty hyped yeah. for that one. I was very hyped for that. Yeah, I thought for a second I thought you were talking about the latest Star Wars, and I'm like, were you really hyped for it? Though? No, <laughs> not <laughs> is, at all. Is hyped the word you're going to use? <laughs> okay, but yeah, when Force Awakens came out, yeah, that was definitely a big deal. I heard that, like, so the Christopher Nolan movie Tenant that got pushed back a few times, 
is like out in theaters now. Mm-hmm. So there are places that are showing that movie on like six screens because there's just like no movies to show. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so like, oh, we got this one. We can just show it everywhere. I think I saw a trailer for that one. Isn't it? It looked Inception-y if I recall. Yeah. Like I think all the teaser trailers, they kept very intentionally vague. Mm-hmm. And then some of the stuff I'm seeing on social media ads now, like it looks like it has some kind of wartime tie-in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, it's there's got to be something weird. And yeah, I think the comparison to Inception is probably valid. Because yeah, there was like cars being flipped and then controlling which, how they could land and flipping around. And yeah. yeah, I don't know. I do love some Christopher Nolan though. Did you ever see Dunkirk? I didn't. I've heard from a billion people that it's so good, and I just haven't seen it. Yeah, that's the last one I've seen from him. And, uh, yeah, it's really good. Do you think Dune will get the Inception treatment? you think you'll see it six times in the theaters? Very possible. Very possible. <laughs> really? <laughs> Dunkirk came out in 2017? It came out three years ago? What did? What? Dunkirk. Oh, yeah, it's, it's moderately old. What year is it? It won three Oscars. <laughs> It won film editing, sound editing, and sound mixing, but it was nominated for Picture of the Year. Yeah. Well, Inception's going to be getting close to a decade old too, doesn't it? Well, yeah, but that makes sense though, because that's like I just remember like that that was college. Like, sure, so yeah, college but still, that ago. feels I don't know that doesn't feel super far away when I think of Inception for some reason. But that there's was this game that one of my favorite podcasters, Merlin Man, just will not stop playing. Oh, right, so yeah, Inception was 2010, so it is exactly 10 years old. Um, that he, he plays this game of like, okay, so Inception being the case, it is now 10 years from Inception. So a movie that came out in 2000 was as old. So like Inception is as old now as Gladiator was when Inception came out. Oof. <laughs> that, that kind of game. Yeah. Or, or like, you know, it's, it is now the time between Tchaikovsky's Violin Concerto to the Beatles is now shorter than the Beatles till now. <laughs> oh Lord, <laughs> that kind of thing. Like I don't know. That, that one might not that, be true. I'm just making. Yeah, it, but, yeah. Like, but still, <laughs> but still, those kind of thoughts. Those, yeah. yeah, those are those are insane to think about. My favorite yeah. was like uh, I had students that were our Lord of the Rings was older than some of my students. Yeah, that's kind of nuts. Yeah, that was because that was a formative thing for literal years yep. of our lives. Yep. <laughs> Very fond high school memories of that. December is just Lord of the Rings season. <laughs> uh, IMDb is all on me with Dune now. It is just Dune all the time. It's like, hey, here's a Dune ad and there's the Dune ad. <laughs> yes, you've learned IMDb. <laughs> oh. I didn't like. I honestly did not know how great of a cast was lined up for this. Yes, like it just. I just saw so many faces in the trailer. I was like, holy cow! It's not only like it is star studded. Are you familiar with Denis Villeneuve? at all the director no the the only thing of his that i've seen before that i really have a, a connection to is arrival that had amy adams and was about aliens dude did you see that one Mm-mm, nope that's a movie i've watched it three times and i like ugly cry at the end of it every <laughs> time like it's just so uh, provoking of me like yeah it's a hard watch but it's so well done yeah. <laughs> it's just so beautiful Arrival is really good. Anyway, so the director of that, I'm very, I'm very confident that that talent put to Dune and with that trailer, how beautiful it looked. It's just going to be 
I'm so hyped. Oh, I'm yes. so hyped. So for the listener who's not looking at the IMDb page, we're talking about like Jason Momoa is Duncan Idaho, and Josh Brolin is Gurney, and Grax is in there. And wait, did I say Grax? Man, I am high. No, I'm just <laughs> like what? Grax is in there. Dave Bautista, uh, Oscar Isaac, yeah. Javier Bardem. That's what I was trying to think of his name. Who's he playing? Stellan Skarsgård is the Baron. My gosh. Which guy, Oscar Isaac or Harvey Bardem? Oscar Isaac. He is Duke Leto. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. And then this, uh, the the part that they they changed Kinds, the ecologist, from a man to a woman because they had just had like awesome casting for it. I think that's a great idea. Mm. Like, there, like there's no reason that character has to be a man. Sure. So right. Swap yeah. it out. If you've got the right person, just put her in there. Yep. That's the way you do it. Yeah, I've always liked that kind of thing. I mean, you, you'll hear hardcore fans who are like, no, don't do that. But I know the the Witcher Netflix series had a uh, had a race swap. They had a, a black woman as one of the characters who was like, you know, a redheaded, like very almost like Irish in the original like stories and games. And a lot of people were up in arms about that. It's like. That doesn't bother me at all. I guess if you have somebody's poster up on the wall, then like you, you kind of want that image to stay the same. And I'm definitely into just you know creatives going with the move that just feels right. Yeah. So it's like if, if you're casting this person and it's like we can just change this character and it just feels right, then yeah, just go for it. Yes. Hmm. I did think it was a bold move. Hey, so so spoilers for Dune and the Dune trailer. Wow, <laughs> uh, I did feel like the 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 trailer was kind of spoilerific for people that may not be familiar with the lore at all. Yeah, there was like a lot of important moments in the in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because they show the box. Yes. And they show what the worms look like. Yes. And they spelled out that like the the whole exposition of that the family going to Arrakis is a trap and and they're going to lose control. Yes. Like and so that's kind of like some key stuff from the first third of the like of what I cuz if they're going to put this into a two-part thing, which actually I don't maybe I'm wrong about that. I thought they were doing two-part, but I didn't see any mention of it now. But um uh, if it, if it is a two part thing, then I imagine a lot of that's going to be like the first third of the movie, right? Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. I feel like they gave away a lot. Did Did you feel like you were robbed of anything seeing it? Were you like, "Ooh, they showed too much"? Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, like the the sandworm thing. Really, I, I wish they would have held back on that. Oh, especially because they did such a great job with like the rumbling sand and the yeah. stuff we got, and it's like if they could have just like run and like they hit the cave and then they you see like then the Dune title card, like yeah, that been they didn't have to show the actual worm, just the the thought provoking. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the box, the box, like just from the trailer got me. It was like holy crap! It was so intense just in the trailer. Maybe we need to have a box at the house. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, for, you know, babysitters, family, friends, if you're going to come over, well, we have to do the test first. Great. Great.
Alex, we had a really good chess game going, and then you kind of blew it. <laughs> was it what makes you feel like it was really good? Well, I mean, it, it, you were just down a pawn for a long time. It was, it was like if you wouldn't have hung. So, I had, I just had a pawn push, and it forked a queen and a knight, and you couldn't do anything about it. And uh, if you just would have seen that, it would have kept going, and I didn't really have much. I didn't have too much going on in an attack. I was just pushing pawns. I guess I didn't really feel like uh, I had much going on. Like it, obviously, I, I still wasn't dead or anything, but uh, I, I was not enjoying the process of the game. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I blew it, that was like a pretty instant resign. Like we're not going <laughs> to bother with this game anymore. I'm trying to look it up so I can actually look at the how things were and I can put a link to it and everything. One second. Yeah, we just had a really closed off center. I played F4 to try to break it up, which I did. And then you just kind of miss some of the pushy stuff. Okay, so this is back row 1720. Peterson v back row 1720 on chess.com. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably felt okay. But you were winning out of the opening. Like, I had a really bad opening. And then you gave you gave me the pawn for free. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Yeah, that was the point, I guess. So when I when I hit uh, knight b to d seven, yeah, and I just didn't feel good. And then so we got like seven moves here, and just this uh, <laughs> is making me sick even just looking at it. Did you see that I was planning on doing f four? Maybe not specifically that I mean, what what I felt like I was when I was, I was playing around with stuff was just like I'm gonna I feel like I was gonna lose both those center pawns very quickly and mm -hmm. like it was just all gonna cave in. Mm -hmm. So I think I had made the decision that the pawn needed to that the pawn trade was gonna happen at some point anyway. What I needed to focus on was getting my knight off the rim. Yeah. I don't know, it's hard to put myself in the in that headspace again, but Yeah, well and my plan was to try to keep the knight on the rim, so I really that's that was the whole premise of the F four. Then I can get another pawn after we traded on on F four. Just to block yeah. off the G five for from you. Now I definitely remember making the move of uh knight to F six the right before you forked that and that which caused the resignation. I was definitely walking the dog oh, while nice. I made the move. Yeah. And it was definitely within 60 seconds of me messaging you saying, how dare you conditional move me? <laughs> <laughs> so I playfully taunted you. I rush a move. And then next time I check, I basically <laughs> lost the game. <laughs> yep. We need to give our listeners some way that they can give feedback on our chess games that we discuss because that's really the heart of what kibitzing is, right? What I really need is a bunch of randos <laughs> saying all the reasons I could have played this better <laughs> with a microphone. I mean, you don't even analyze games yourself, do you? Um, no, <laughs> no. I mean, sometimes if I, if I felt like it was a good game, I will. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was something like this where it's like we didn't really get that far and. If it wasn't feeling, if it didn't feel like I was ever in a spot where I was actually making decisions, mm -hmm. I have a hard time feeling like I'm going to get a, like a feedback loop on it. And actually, I kind of been playing with this idea that I, I really only want to spend the time 
in like analysis brain mode on this if I know I'm going to like learn a lesson from it that I can try to remember the lesson. And mm-hmm. if I don't if I can't even put myself in the headspace of like here's why I made some distinctive move. Mm-hmm. Then it's really hard to learn the lesson on your own. Like if there's a teacher, they can just look at the raw moves and they can put it there and then they can tell you like here's probably what you were trying to do. <laughs> giving you the very best thing you would, and then the teacher tells you and now you remember what the teacher says but like if i'm trying to teach myself i have to do an even better analysis which means you have to do it like right yes. away and in correspondence chess that's pretty difficult mm-hmm. are, i guess I, i'm assuming you're talking about like a, like a post-mortem thing or are you talking about like using the analysis board move by move is that what you were asking about yeah i mean yeah after games yeah okay so yeah after post-mortem games. yeah, yeah. Yes, post-mortem. <laughs> <laughs> Not as bad as it sounds, except for when I'm playing. Then it is. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back to chess in a second, but uh, uh-huh. before before we bring it back to chess, I need to to first go on a. Uh, on a dive and we need to talk about league of legends holy cow league of legends so i've been playing league of legends for on and off for like five years mm-hmm. now and it's usually in spurts like i'll get really like hyper fixated on it and i'll play a lot and it's usually around when the like the playoffs are going on in the mm-hmm. professional leagues i start watching it and i'm like oh crap i gotta play again are the are the professional league like is it a once a year playoffs or is it like is it twice a year three times a year like what what is the season um well there's there's uh, it's basically twice yeah okay. there's a spring split and a summer split do pretty much in every league do they both lead to like a world championship like the one that we're watching now does uh the, yeah there's just one world okay. every year yeah okay there is a mid-season invitational i think almost every country sends a team to that I, don't, I forget exactly how that works but yeah there's like a mini worlds tournament in the middle of the season or in between the two seasons i should say and so the games that we've been watching talking about those were lcs and those are all like yes. north american teams is that right correct yeah and you've informed me that no matter who wins the lcs they're they're crushed on the world stage Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's been a good LCS showing in like six or seven years. Do the do the professionals play on those on like the real the normal servers when they're not in like a championship tournament thing? Or yeah, yep. So you could just accidentally run into one of these teams that just is going to crush your buddies. Well, the matchmaking system's pretty uh, pretty good about matching skill levels. Yeah, I guess. So no, me and you are never going to run into. Well, that wasn't that. my concern. <laughs> my, my more thought was like, what if there is like, you know, if you had you and your buddies that only play on the weekends, but you did get really good. Like, what are your chances that you could randomly get up against these pro teams just because like you're good enough, but like you're not pro? But I don't think I don't think the pro teams like you they don't get online as like five people. You know, like maybe one or two of them will get on together. And they'll go online, but I don't think they take their whole team and just play random people on the internet. Do they use like pseudonyms and stuff like that? 
Uh, I imagine. Oh. Though, I mean, so my only experience is there was a while where I would watch streamers. And, mm-hmm. you know, like the pros, when they're not actually competing, they'll stream. So, the, it, like, it's their, it's their job, Oh, sure, right? yeah. They get sponsor <laughs> activation, and they need... Yeah. they got to say Alienware so, so many times an hour, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, I'm basing... Everything on this conversation is based on me just watching their streams. Okay, perfect. That's good. Well, okay, so... The, that, that brings me to my next... My thought about this is that I, I've told you from the beginning of this podcast that one of the things I thought we should do is that you need to teach me how to play video games because I just don't understand video games or video game culture. And we're finally doing it, bro! Sure. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have never imagined it would have been over League, though. I, I mean, I just couldn't imagine you getting excited about League, but here, here we, we are. are here, but of course, that what that means is like, I, to, in my eyes, you are an expert and you know all. Oh, God. <laughs> and in reality, I'm like the gold rated player and like I'm very middle of the pack. <laughs> I think there's a lot to be said, though, of like, this is another grand idea that maybe I shouldn't waste on this conversation, but I'm still forming it in my head. But like the, the idea of it's really fun to get good enough at something just so you can show up and suck like that even that step is really fun (laughs) like being good enough at basketball that you can just go to the park and play a pickup game with whoever's there like you have to be a certain level of good enough to have the guts to do that right and like having that guts that's pretty fun like being good enough at basketball to be like i don't care who i'm playing with i'm just gonna have fun like yeah. If I was to do, go and play basketball, everyone that played basketball with me would say, like, you are wasting our time. <laughs> exactly. Me too. <laughs> it's like, get off right. the court. Yeah, you please. are just in our way. You may as well be trying to ride a motorcycle across the basketball court. You are in our way. Like, <laughs> like, so you have to be good enough to even get to participate. And so I feel like uh, that's what I'm learning from you is, like, I just want to be good enough that – and so the way I vocalize that is I don't want to get yelled at by teenagers. <laughs> I just want to be able to log on and play and be good enough that like I'm not going to be the best person on anybody's party, but like I I, I won't be the one. Yeah, you just want to carry, carry your weight. Right. Yes, exactly. Like we. Yeah. Oh, I know that feeling too. Like, yeah, you just don't want to be that person. It feels awful when your teammates are like, "What are you doing?" Right. To just finally find yourself out of your depth is a horrifying experience. Yes. Uh, I will say the one, that's like one of the strongest things about League. Like I've never played a game and felt like, holy crap, these guys are just blowing me out of the water. It, I mean, the reason like that'll happen when me and you play together because it's trying to match us up with, it's trying to average out our skill right. levels. But if you were just to queue up by yourself, you would get a game full of beginners and you would feel like everyone's doing about just like you right. are. Well, like I even told you like the... The, the first night that I played, like, a week ago or whenever we, when we were starting watching these games, I'm like, okay, I got the bug. I'll play a little bit. And I had to replay the tutorial because it had been a year and I didn't remember how to do anything. And then I played one game against bots. And, like, I was clearly the best person on my team. And it's like that that <laughs> said something really bad about the people I was playing with. I don't want to do anything they were doing. <laughs> it's like it's kind of hoping I could like watch other people and see what happens. And it's like, oh, that that's not no, that's not what's happening. Nope, here. that's yeah. <laughs> so I wanted the told you I was going to bring this back to chess. So there, yes. what I'm finding intriguing about learning league with you is. Uh, it reminds me of when I was first learning chess in any kind of serious way as a kid, when you mm-hmm. start to realize that 
oh, I learned how the pieces moved and I was playing the game, but I didn't act. I wasn't really playing the game yet, right? And then when you start saying, yeah. oh, like you have to learn end games and openings and principles, and mm-hmm. rather than trying to just guess four moves ahead, you need to try to figure out what kind of principles is the, my opponent playing. What do I know about them? And what are my best principles to play in opposition to that? Or do I have total mm-hmm. control and I get to decide how we're going to play this game and they have to react to me? And mm-hmm. anytime you have that, well, now you just need to go because now you're rocking and rolling. Like, mm-hmm. And that kind of broader view of understanding is that that is this showing up and now you're good enough to suck. Now you're good enough to mm-hmm. come on to, to keep playing and keep learning and you're starting to see all the little things you can get better at. And you're allowed to come and suck in that capacity. And I feel like uh, we played a game last night where we were actually playing against some people instead of playing against bots. And that was actually the first time playing that. I'm like, oh, I think I'm actually like starting to suck at this. Like, <laughs> this is a step right before you start learning things. Like, this is good. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's there's just so much to learn in the game. And yeah, you liken it to chess. It's just you have to get down to so many like nitty gritty details about mm-hmm. it. And uh, it's this just yeah, it's such a really deep game. It in a in to a level, I was shocked I didn't understand the first time I came across it. Because mm-hmm. now, when you watch the professional games and you see how terrible the new people play, it's like I would even compare it to watching pro soccer, watching the World Cup soccer, and watching amoeba ball four year olds playing soccer. <laughs> you're yeah that's pretty accurate yeah actually. It, because there's this the person that not only doesn't understand the finer points of the game but is like disinterested in trying to play that way and just wants to run at the ball and like mm-hmm. the five-year-old yep. just doesn't know any better <laughs> they think that's the game <laughs> they genuinely think they're doing a good job and it but also the people even if you know, if you're the one kid that's unfortunately just old enough to realize that that's not the game, and so you like want to play defense or goalie, and the coaches yell at you, they need to go kick the ball some more. <laughs> that like, it, you're an also that person is not good enough yet to actually defend against the kid playing amoeba ball. So you may as well just be an amoeba ball. Uh, sure. And like, yeah. it, what's interesting about a game like league then is is that kind of matchmaking process of as soon as you're ready to play against better people, you're going to get better pretty instantly. Because you're going to find mm-hmm. those things of it now. Now you're a player that doesn't get in three v one champion match, uh, champion fights anymore, and like you just you just don't die that way anymore. Like or you do, it's because they mm-hmm. outsmarted you, and now you're going to learn from it. Like sure. not exactly. because you ran in there like I do. <laughs> Alex, what are you doing? They're all down there. <laughs> oh, there was a there was the exact exact quote from our last yes, play exactly. session. <laughs> Alex, they're all stronger than you. Stop it. <laughs> or what was one? There was a couple times back where like um I was I, I was playing Master Yi and my I kept on doing the thing where it like hits multiple champions and I end up under the tower and then the champion comes and gets together and you're like, Don't fight under the tower and like somebody else in the chat's like, Thanks for the information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just Danny teaching Alex how to play video games, no big deal. <laughs> So what do you think? Is this something we're going to get better at? Is this like, uh, how, how would you compare your at interest league? in like, in, in like genuinely being better at league versus being genuinely better at chess? 
Oh man, I jeez, you're gonna throw that well, at me. Well, it's literally uh, on my mind. Like it's something I've been thinking about the last few days. Well, we've had this conversation. I'm trying to cut back out on competitive things in my life, so like I have no interest in playing like ranked league yeah. anymore. There's a point, actually, like within the past six months, I was trying to like grind back into my gold, my gold rating. I think I ended up like two divisions lower, and I was almost up to it. But, like, my mindset now, I have no need to, like, try to get better at the game. I'm just playing for fun. But you can play for fun and still be wanting to be better at it, right? Well, I mean, I'm almost to the point where I need to, like, put in deliberate practice if I want to get better. Sure. And I don't think I want to do that. So I'm I'm happy just to set, like, play some games and maybe get a little bit better. But I'm not going to, like, I'm pretty close to my my ceiling at this point, I think. So would you rather I put in some deliberate practice on chess so that you have more interesting chess games with me? Or put in more deliberate practice on league so that I I am less of a pull down on our league party? Oh, I don't care. It doesn't matter to it me. It matters to me like, because this is, like, I, this is my consistent gaming experience is playing games with you. And I want to get better at something. I mean, <laughs> you always say you're like are so far below me in chess, but you're not. So like, I don't think you need to put in a ton of practice. Like, you just need to take the games more Maybe. seriously and not make a sixty second move on your dog walk. <laughs> 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 That's literally all you need to do. Maybe look at the analysis board for like five minutes before you make a move. That that is probably <laughs> the first step. You're right. Um, but I have just had in my head that like, if I'm going to take chess serious, if I'm going to take that game seriously again, like I kind of want to take chess as a whole seriously, like it, and it'd be a matter of like how many, how much tactics am I doing a day? Which of those books am I going to pull out again? What's my process? How many hours a week? Even if it's half an hour a week, it's, I still kind of have to have my plan. Um, and I've kind of had that in the back of my mind for several weeks and, it just never really latches on. I don't, I've never gotten excited about having a chess study session. Whereas I was very excited to load up the practice tool and practice jungle clears the other day. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. that really grabbed me, you know, uh, that is always my problem. Cause I, I've played tons of competitive games throughout the years. And like, I always, I always hit a plateau and I'm just like, eh, Oh, but here's a new game. I'm going to just go get and learn that one. It wouldn't shock me if, like, physiologically, that is the same, like, the same drug experience of learning almost anything. Like, just when you yeah. learn something new I, for the I, first I, time, it's just intoxicating. Yes, I, I think very clearly it is. Hmm. So how many hours a week can I play League? Seven? Oh, my Ten? goodness. I can't. I cannot tell you that. How much sleep should I lose? Yikes. I lost like two hours last night because of it. <laughs> we did stay. I looked at the clock at one point. I was like, holy crap, it's almost midnight. You got to go yeah, to bed. I got up at 6.15. Oof. I'm pretty sleepy today. See, I got up at 10 after that. I got a solid, you know, nine hours of sleep. I didn't really feel the crash until this afternoon, though. I worked pretty well in the morning. Yeah. And then... It was it was probably about four o'clock that I it started to hit me like oh you played league for three hours when you probably should have been sleeping. (laughs) 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 
Yeah, that, that that can be a problem. I definitely ran into some of those days back in my my good old teaching heyday, and when I was st- when I was learning league. Who's your LCS team? Ugh. See, my my team used to be CLG, but they're awful now. So, I think they got like ninth or tenth place, which is the bottom of the barrel. And all the all the players I used to like are gone. So. I guess Doublelift is still around, and he was on CLG for a long time. He is, before a week ago, he would be the only League of Legends player I could have named. I mean, he spent a lot of time as, like, he's he's the best player in America. You know, he was at the top of, like, top of, especially his role, his ADC role. Is he still considered that? I, I don't know. I just, I haven't followed it as much lately. I don't think so. But I don't know who is, so. So if I was to buy a jersey, <laughs> what jersey should I buy? I don't know. I just Alex. want a match. Like, bro. I literally, I think you and I have jumped back in at pretty much the same time. I think it was like a week or two ago. I texted you. I was like, hey, the league playoffs are on. I'm going to get sucked into this. And here we that's are. Exactly, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> why I got sucked in. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I wasn't really following it at all during 2019 i didn't watch anything in 2019 actually so it's been two years pretty much since i've really followed it so you're not gonna buy a jersey with me is that what you're saying no i'm not going to buy a jersey it changes so much too do not do not buy a jersey alex (laughs) because if you buy especially if you buy one with like like a player's name on it like they're gonna be on a different team in a year probably that's sad Uh uh-huh how do how do people in 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 contact sports deal with that? I mean, there's always a risk. I mean, they sign contracts. They sign long, longer contracts too. I feel like I could still wear a Steve Young jersey though, and nobody would think I'm crazy, right? Aren't there still people? Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. yeah, if you're wearing if you're wearing like a Hall of Famer jersey, yeah. 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 But if you like wore a. Um, Oh, gosh, I'm so bad at football. I don't know. Like, like the if there was a a really great player that then spent one season on some dumpy team at the end of their career, and you wore that jersey forever, that'd be kind of weird, right? Yeah, probably. So, like, there's a modern example of that Tom Brady. You know Tom Brady, right? Oh yeah, I know Tom Brady. He's on Tampa Bay now. Did you know that? I did not know that, but that's incredible. Yes, that's exactly the example. I, I can't wait to rock my yeah. Tom Brady Tampa Bay jersey for the rest of my life because it's the one football jersey <laughs> yeah. I buy when I buy my double lift TSM jersey. Football starts this week, Alex. We're talking about football, and the first game is tomorrow night. So they're not doing a bubble, right? No, they're traveling. They're actually letting like very limited quantities of fans come to games too. Oh, that seems like a real bad idea. Yeah, like I mean, they're operating at like five percent capacity, but yeah, still, still. I feel like one of the you know we've we've exposed our family to the. To the, to the wilds a little more in the last month or two than before. But mm-hmm. we've definitely still stuck with the general idea of like trying to not be near people that we wouldn't always be near. Right. Sure. Like, 
you know, I'd love to go visit my parents in Arkansas, but like, I don't really want to be near all the people in Arkansas that I would never have <laughs> come in contact with. Right. Like it just, it, there's yeah, a variance exactly. that you can't account for. And like fans at a football game is right up there with like contact with people that I would normally not be in contact with. Like how many people do you really know that are in that stadium with you? So when are you going to go to your first football game this season? <laughs> I'm not going. I haven't been to a football game in two or three years, actually. Oh, I thought you usually went to one a year. No, no. It's expensive. I believe it. And then viewing quality is better at home. <laughs> oh, yeah. You just get the hype of being in the crowd. But that's got to count for something. Oh, yeah. Like, I've heard the, uh, the in-person experience of a NASCAR race is, like, incredible. So I've heard. The, the, like, so even people that don't want to watch a race at home, like, love being there because it's just like it's loud and the smells and the, like, it's just a, it's like a primal experience. You had a while of going to baseball games, didn't you? You would go to, like, Louisville Slugger Field. Oh, yeah. I love going to the Bats games. Yeah. That's a, Louisville Slugger Field is one of the best minor league stadiums in the country. It, it is, is so beautiful. And, I mean, it's, it's the same deal as that. Like, I think baseball is kind of boring to watch on TV, but going and watching it live is a whole different story. Sure. And that's definitely what I do, but I'm not a sports fan. So well, I, yeah, but I think a, the, the, the feeling, feel. the feeling still runs in sports fans the same way. Mm-hmm. Can you keep score in a NASCAR race? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I like keep a score at a baseball game. I would definitely be the guy to go to a NASCAR race and try to keep score. <laughs> <laughs> just a lot of tally marks just tally marks all over a piece oh of yep paper. there's a lap yep there's a lap got ball my stopwatch <laughs> let's compare it to the official time later Did you happen to watch this uh, video of the Ella Fitzgerald song? I did. It was cool. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't even know that, like, it's, yeah, it's a thing for sure. It came up in my, oh, okay, so maybe it's also just worth noting. I started listening to Spotify more this week because you, I hate music. <laughs> <laughs> That just listen to music to spite you. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this song, the Ella Fitzgerald song, uh, I, I pulled the link to find it. The uh, Two Little Men in a Flying Saucer. That's the official title of the song. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll put in a little bit of it here. Um, but it just kind of came up in like a a one of those like Spotify generated playlists where like it's looking at your past listens and it gives you stuff. Sure. And just to me, it struck me as a very 2020 kind of song from yeah. 1951, where it's like, Oh, the whole, like aliens, can we hear? They saw what we were doing. And they're like, Oh, we're just going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to listen to those. Uh, the, they watch the baseball game going on. And they say, Oh, we're just going to, we're going to leave. Okay. <laughs> all the people in the crowd screaming. That's right. They're all insane. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a delightful thought of how this uh, 
maybe maybe the time isn't so crazy. Maybe the world's not ending. Maybe it's just <laughs> always been a little bad. Yeah. Well, it's pretty bad right now, but yeah. California is like on fire. Eesh. So you said you found it on Spotify. I thought it might have been something you were playing for Grace because it, it looks like it's it's from like a, a like a children's album almost. Oh, is it? I think the the one that was on Spotify it was like even called like the single edition, like it was a like from a single. Mm-hmm. But then I well, just, it's hard to share stuff on Spotify to other people. I feel like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. The the YouTube link you sent to me. Uh, at least has album art of Miss Ella's Playhouse, and it looks oh. very like kidsy. Miss Ella's Playhouse. Maybe I need to actually investigate that more, and Grace can listen to some Ella Fitzgerald. <laughs> but yeah, oh, that art is actually pretty wonderful. Yeah, it's kind of cute. Is that a squirrel? I guess it's kind of like a a mouse with a squirrel tail. <laughs> it's definitely a squirrel <laughs> but that nose i mean it's almost even like somebody like drew a fox head and then yeah i don't know that's but yeah it looks bizarre. very cute that looks like something that would be that squirrel looks like something that'd be like on a, a web application now like welcome to foxy the dating app <laughs> for nature lovers yeah might be a squirrel but uh you're feeling squirrely mm-hmm. come and hang out at uh the outdoor grassatorium. Yikes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is something that I could see playing for a kid and like enjoying listening to it too. It's like, it's an enjoyable little jazzy song. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, yeah, I said it because I thought it was just an oddity with the lyrics and everything, but it actually is enjoyable. Like it's a good song. It's yeah. A... Yeah. It's Ella Fitzgerald. She sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> There was, I was having a conversation with my coach at the gym where uh, we were talking about like just how much editing goes into pop music, how, you know, like the idea of just, you can kind of pro tools it, pro tools, everything into sounding better. Sure. And like you can, while, while you're recording your, the actual takes of the song, you could also record a bunch of samples for them to make use of and edit things in and like all those little, and we both were just like, what that really leads you to is really respecting all the people that, can perform well live and can perform yeah. well in one take. Cause like in all those little mistakes that you get in those recordings are like totally worthwhile when it's still 99% of it. And then you get the feeling of like, no, oh, they did that in one take. That was just, yeah. this, that was just this go of it. It's so much better. Yeah. And yeah, listening to recordings like that, where it's like, no, Ella Fitzgerald was that good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. There, there was no we can pro tools this later it's like she just had to be that good <laughs> yeah i always had that conversation like in my general music classes my jazz units i would always do like the female jazz singers and we'd hit you know ella fitzgerald and billy holiday and so on mm-hmm. and just talking about those kinds of things where no they're like these are really good singers because the kids don't really get it you know they just listen to it like oh it sounds like old-timey music yeah and they definitely don't understand, or or at least not really following the the line yet of all the stuff that is like cool or interesting now is all like thankful to them. Like it it owes so much of what we've built on in the last fifty years, yes. or oh, seventy years, I guess. Sure, a <laughs> hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> 
the Nirvana is as old now as <laughs> Ella Fitzgerald was when Nirvana was. <laughs> I saw on some social media, like somebody was complaining that they heard Nirvana on like a classic rock station. <laughs> it fits right along now. Yeah. The 2020s are going to make the 60s look like the 50s. <laughs> What does that even mean? I'm just stealing jokes from Merlin Man at this point. <laughs> Two little men in a flying saucer. That's a new title for our podcast, buddy. It's it's our subtitle. Kibitzing. Colon. <laughs> <laughs> Two little men in a flying saucer. <laughs> title. <laughs> All right, so we're getting off and we're playing League for three hours, right? I'm not going to say no. <laughs> That's I, one in the morning. You can't make it to should. one in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not going to make it to one in the morning, but you know, <laughs> we could just keep on going and see where you Hey, okay. Before before yeah. we end, I don't have my bell, but ding. Uh, oh. I got to do a tiny little bit of follow-up for anybody that cares about my fitness birthday. Oh, yeah. Um, so in in one sense, it was very much a success. I'm not, I don't know why I'm introing this. Here's what happened. <laughs> so i had this all planned out uh for on my birthday uh i was going to in the morning go for a run and my goal was to run a one mile for time a time trial to mile as fast as i could and i was trying to train for myself to make sure it would be under 10 minutes uh and i've been doing like interval training for a month to like really work for this because i'd never done a 10 minute mile and then later that day be able to also do a 250 pound squat which is my PR squat weight. And then also I was going to try to do a pull-up and I had been training all month, all these accessories and upper body work and losing some weight and all that stuff, trying to get a pull-up and also was inspired by a workout that Adam Klink did where he did a five or a, an under five minute mile, a 500 pound back squat and 50 pull-ups. So I was trying to do like the beginner version of that. The Saturday before my birthday was supposed to be my last interval run. I was supposed to do a five minute half mile 30 seconds of like a really light jog like almost a walk and then the other another five minute half mile right after that i finished the half mile with 10 seconds to spare Mm -hmm. and just felt so good that i just kept going Mm -hmm. so i did a mile in nine minutes 44 seconds on the saturday before and so because i hit it i was like wow you know memento mori i might die and this could be that could be the last time I ever run, and I, I might not even make it to my birthday. And I just did the thing. Time to go squat, you know. Like <laughs> yeah. so, it's like it just uh, we're just gonna do it. Grandma had the kids, so I got to go to the gym by myself. And I could just focus on the squat and did the two fifty back squat easy. I could have gone for more, but I didn't really like do a good warm up and stuff. Um, so I I just put it away after I matched the PR. I probably should have done five pounds more just to like have a new PR. But I didn't. Uh, and then the pull-up was a, like, total failure. Oh. Well, yeah, like, I, I was not even close to hitting the pull-up. Um, but that said, that month of training still of, like, I've come a long way. My, Heck yeah. I, like, it, so in that sense, like, it was actually still a success. But for anybody curious if I got the pull-up, no, I did not get the pull-up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I was looking through my Beyond the Whiteboard app and looking at, like, what are the workouts that I haven't done in a long time or try to get my benchmark scores up. Because it was funny. There's this thing on that app called Fitness Level mm-hmm. where they kind of, like, try to account for 
your power lifts and your Olympic lifts and your speed running and rowing and your endurance running and rowing. And then a bunch of the benchmark workouts and stuff to give you like this overall score of where you're at. Mm-hmm. So if you're really strong, but you can't run, then you're still not going to, you're going to be held back on your score by your running. But if you're like, mm-hmm. you're pretty good at all of them, you're going to have a much higher score. And so it's funny. I, I hit this PR mile time and I was so proud of it. And I'd done all this work and it was great. And I put the score in and my fitness level goes down. because that's an important milestone for me but it's actually still a pretty bad mile time and there just hadn't been a mile time in there before (laughs) so like now that i finally put in a mile time it's a bad one so it goes down but (laughs) so that was in that's like the the that's like the speediest thing in the endurance category Mm -hmm. and one of the other workouts in endurance is uh a 2000 meter row, which I had done in six months. So that score had expired, but I'm actually pretty good at rowing. That's kind of a big guy's movement. Mm-hmm. So after I put all that in, I'm like, I'm here at the gym. I'm by myself and I feel really good. I'm pumped up from all the successful stuff. I'm just going to do the 2k row and see what I can do. So then my previous time on a 2k row had been seven minutes and 58 seconds. And then I did this one in seven minutes, 28 seconds. So knocking 30, 30 seconds off a 2k row in six months is pretty freaking good. If you ask me. So like, yeah, three big PRs on the Saturday before my birthday. So I think that's pretty, pretty successful for a month of training. And then for my birthday, I got a pull up bar in the house. So now I have a pull up bar and keep working on the pull ups. Nice coming along fitness crossfit race walking ding 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 a group of ravens in D is a conspiracy <laughs> that's just left over isn't it didn't we talk about that already <laughs> we, we we didn't actually make it into the episode but oh, okay I, got it yeah i think i just put it in there because I, I my brain probably thought we were going to have D between sessions and we didn't and so i don't have anything else to say yeah, the weird, the three-week schedule versus two. Yeah. Ravens are creepy, people. Play D&D. Watch out for the Ravens. <laughs> but, they're, but they're good, question mark. Question mark? They just wanted to help us. Question Who mark? can you trust? Who can you trust? No one. I don't even no trust one. myself. All right, let's go play League. Okay, let's go play League. <laughs> <laughs>